I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources. So glad to have you with us afternoon as we talk everything politics for the next few minutes. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Morgan Lyon Cotty. Glad to have you. We're filling in for Boyd Matheson for a moment. Uh, uh, Morgan, I want to get into for just a second um, this great race that's shaping up already uh, for next year, our Senate race. Senator Mike Lee uh, is, is, in the, is in the race. It looks like he's in it all the way, and he's already getting challengers. Yeah, I know Boyd does a segment called Next is Now, and this is the perfect example of that. We're all thinking about 2022, but guess what, folks? The primaries are already here. We already have people declaring. Uh, We have former legislator Representative Becky Edwards has already come out and said she's going to run as a Republican against him. And so we're going to see an interesting primary election next oh. year starting now so, st- starting now is exactly right we had a we had a, a, f- a couple weeks where we were not in campaign mode but now it's time to start again no and it feels like 2020 just barely ended right but it's, we're already in it it's true well i'll tell you who's covering this race already so well is dennis romboy a journalist with the deseret news always gets the inside scoop great analysis as well dennis thanks for joining us today oh good to be here jason hi morgan how are you, Dennis? Good, good, good to have you, good. De- Dennis. You, you've been talking to candidates already. T- tell us what's shaping up in this race already, particularly when we start seeing that it's not just us talking about it. This race is already getting some national attention. Do we have to do we have to talk about it already? Like like Morgan said, didn't, didn't this just end like a, a couple of days ago? It's literally your job, Dennis. <laughs> okay, all right. You're gonna have to jump into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, like Becky Edwards already is in the race. Um, we've heard other names come up to, to challenge uh, Senator Lee. Uh, Dan Hammert, former state legislator, is one. Uh, we've also heard, this is an interesting name floating around, Jeff Flake. Wouldn't that be interesting if uh, the former senator from Arizona jumped into the race, apparently spending time here in Utah? Um uh, Ali Isom, you know, is a well-respected communications and public policy campaign expert. Her name's been floated out there. Uh, Thomas Wright, former GOP state chairman. Uh, so there's a lot of names out there that, that potentially could be uh, challengers in the Republican Party against Senator Lee. And one of the interesting things is we're already seeing the outside money pouring in. And we saw a really uh, negative election for the special election for the congressional third district. Uh, We saw a really gnarly election with always with the fourth district and so much outside money pouring in. And we're already seeing that here, right? Yeah, there's already money coming in. There's, I think there's ads been uh, out there already. Um, You know, not surprising um, given the the high profile race that, that this is. And, you know, Senator Lee himself has been sending out just blasting out uh, fundraising emails since the first of the year. And even one of them, I think, acknowledges that he may have, uh, you know, up to nine challengers in the Republican Party. 
um, remains to be seen. You know, uh, Senator Lee, I think, is his favorite among among the GOP delegates. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a nomination outright. It'd be interesting to see who gathers signatures to get on the ballot to actually uh, ensure that there is a primary in the uh, in the party that uh, next year. Well, a couple interesting points, particularly about uh, you know the candidate that gets through the party and maybe the candidate that gets on the ballot uh, through the signature gathering process. Uh, right before we talk about that, I'll, I'll tell you what I thought was interesting. What you and Morgan both brought up is uh, we, we had uh, B- Becky Edwards, a former legislator who entered the race, and it was interesting. I, I'm not sure I've seen this for a while. Like there were there were mailers out in opposition to her, like within a day. I, uh, that is something that I, I've not really seen for quite a while, where opposition is just ready uh, to pounce. I'm kind of curious when you're talking to these other can- potential candidates, those people who are thinking about it, is, is, does this have an impact on them and whether or not they want to jump in? Yeah, no, I don't know if it would impact them or not uh, on the decision whether to jump in, because uh, I think they're probably prepared for it, especially now that they've seen that, that that's how the game is going to be played. You know, I, I guess it could dissuade some of them, but, um, you know, I, I think going into it, um, that might be the expectation that, that a candidate would have, that, that this is going to be uh, a lot of outside money and there's just going to be negativity right right from the get-go. Well, talk about that strategy for just a moment, uh, you know, because I wanted to give you some polling numbers that, that uh, the Hinckley Institute did with the Deseret News, kind of just kind of get some flavor of where Senator Mike Lee is, where some of these potential challengers might be. And uh, among Republicans uh, in the state of Utah, people identify as Republicans, he was sitting at a 67 percent approval rating and just a, just 19 percent disapprove of him. That's a pretty high number uh, among Republicans. Yeah, that is a high number. But if you look at overall, his statewide um, job approval ratings hovered, I think, just below 50 percent in, in the polls that we've done in the past the past year. But, you know, as we know here in the state, a lot of these races are decided in the primary. Um, the Democrats really haven't been able to put up good challengers uh, for, for Mike Lee in his past two campaigns. And so... Um, that's kind of really where where it's decided uh, is in the Republican Party, and that's where he's he's most popular, obviously. Dennis, as you're looking ahead to 2022, even though I know you don't necessarily want to already, what other primaries are you watching, either within our state, even though we don't necessarily know those congressional districts yet, or out of our state? What do you have your eye on? Well, mostly in state so far, um, you know, and we don't know how the districts are going to come out, but. You know, in the past, um, Representative Chris Stewart has had challenges within the party. Uh, I would expect that might be the the case again next year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some Republicans step in in the 4th District, too, and and challenge Burgess Owens. Uh, That wouldn't wouldn't be a a stretch either, I don't think. I think from just judging from the past, uh, you know, John Curtis hasn't had a lot of – opposition in the party and and Blake Moore seems to have found his footing um, as a new as a new congressman there were a lot of candidates obviously because that was an open seat uh, last year but you know I don't know if there'll be uh, many challenges to him either uh, tell me tell me what you think might happen um, 
with some of these races? Because you, you, you mentioned the idea, people who get through the convention, through the, the process itself. Uh, Senate, 50, Senate Bill 54 continues to loom out there, whether or not there may be some challenge to that in the legislature or whether or not there's an effort to, to you know, revamp that initiative because uh, some of these candidates feel like they're, they're just not going to make it through. And you, you've, got, you've got like like 30 seconds, if you don't mind, Dennis, just tell us what's going to happen uh, with what you're hearing from people on the ability to preserve that signature gathering process to get on the ballot. You know, I haven't heard anything recently. We Every legislative session, it seems like there's at least talk of, of challenging that or repealing it. And so far, it just hasn't happened. It seems like to me, if candidates really are serious about wanting to, to win a race, that that's, that's an option that they have. And and maybe they should take advantage of it rather than just a lot of people are candidates are purists, right? And they're just going to rely on the on the uh, on the delegates to, to get them through. But again, I haven't heard anything specific about whether that would change or not uh, as far as that law goes. Okay. Well, we're going to be watching that one closely because it will have an impact for sure. Thank you, Dennis, for being with us today. Thank you. All right, those of you want to use your home kitchen. Make some great items, sell them to the neighbors and others. Stay tuned because you can do it now thanks to Representative Christine Watkins. When she comes back, she'll tell us about her legislation. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.